Hello, HR professionals. Good news. This episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. Stay tuned to access your certification code. Welcome to The Great Retention, a show spotlighting executive leaders who have built award-winning cultures where people feel empowered, seen, and recognized. In today's episode, John sits down with Trisha Shortino, CEO at Belay. Founded in 2010 as an all-remote organization, Belay is a virtual staffing solution helping leaders who need remote work. Belay offers virtual assistant, financial and booking, website management, and social media management solutions. Today, Belay has approximately 140 employees and 1,700 contractors and has remained all remote since 2010. Trisha and John talk about what culture looks like at Belay, why culture should be clearly defined at your organization, and the importance of engaging your team members. Let's jump into the conversation with Trisha Shortino. Over to you, John. All right, Trisha, thank you so much for joining us on the Great Retention today. Um, I have a ton of respect for you as a leader, um, and uh, I'm just really excited to just just to, to get your insights, to, to hear from you and how you're navigating um, everything, remote work, culture, engagement, um, and all the growth that you've had. So thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, John, thank you for having me. I'm actually really looking forward to this conversation. So this is a privilege. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's jump right in. Um, so so you know maybe let's start with for our audience, um, you know other CEOs, leaders, just give us a kind of an overview of Belay. Tell us about the business, how many employees. I know that you know it's a remote kind of distributed team first model, but give us give us kind of an overview. What does the the business look like today? Yeah, so Belay is a virtual staffing solution, which doesn't sound like a big deal today, but it might have been 12 years ago when we started. So we were founded in 2010 um, as one of the first organizations that really went to try and find solution for leaders who needed remote work. Um, we started by offering virtual assistant solutions. We offer financial and bookkeeping solutions, website management solutions, as well as social media management solutions. So we were founded in 2010 as an all remote organization back then. Um, and we still are 12 years later, a completely remote organization. Um, we've grown tremendously over the last 12 years. So today we sit at about 140 um, employees and about 1,700 contractors. And those are our VAs and bookkeepers and social media managers and so forth. So uh, we have the opportunity to really employ almost 2000 people right now, which is, which is an honor and a privilege. And we've done it all remotely all along. Wow. Okay. So 2010, you know, being remote first, I, I, I don't think that most, most leaders were thinking about being remote in 2010. Right. And then now, you know, this is expected forced almost right. Um, you know, through, through the last couple of years of the pandemic. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about the culture of Belay. Right. So tell us about, you know, you know, just being remote first, how that has impacted, you know, just how you approach culture. Are there any lessons learned? And also, what does culture mean to you as a CEO and leader? 
Yeah, you know, culture is really one of the founding principles. When we when we started this organization back in 2010, I was the the first employee and one of the founding employees of the organization. Um, the goal was really to create a place where people wanted to come to work. Was it was to create the the non corporate work option, if you will, and yeah. to do so and, and provide something that was really, really flexible. Myself and the founders had young children at the time. We really wanted the opportunity to be able to work from home and be more present in our home life. But we also desired to have great careers and great work opportunities. And we felt like there there was a way that you could you could really create an environment where you could do great work, meaningful work, from home and still be really connected. And that was like the founding idea for the organization back in 2010. And so we've worked really hard over the last 12 years to to modify and evolve what that looks like. And it's changed and it has evolved. And we learned a lot of things over the last 12 years about how to have a good culture when you're remote with a growing team and thousands of employees. And so there has been an evolution with culture, but today it is probably even more important than it was 10, 12 years ago. Um, people are really looking for work with great purpose, work that they enjoy. They don't want to do the grind. They don't just want a paycheck. So we feel like we offer that solution and we're, we're super intentional about how that has to show up. Um, and it requires a different type of leadership. If we're being honest, it yeah. requires a lot of intentionality and a lot of care, um, into your team members, understanding that creating a place where people enjoy coming to work actually breeds excellent performance. People that love their jobs and, and are happy to show up on Monday morning, they give you the best of themselves. And so you see it show up in the organization as awesome results um, on, on the tail end of all that. So from our perspective, it is win-win. Yeah, so Trisha, I, um, I was listening to your, your podcast, which I love, by the way, One Next Step, and you shared a story. And so uh, one of the things that, you know, you and your guests were talking about was um, some of the best team building experiences that, that, that your, your team has had and, and how meaningful it was to actually bring people together, right? So, so, you know, absolutely, you know, you have this, you know, distributed teams, you know, kind of remote first environment, but you were sharing how how much, how meaningful it was still to, to have that, that sense of, you know, connection, right. And, and those relationships. And, and I think you were sharing about, you know, the story of, of giving folks a budget, um, you know, doing a karaoke kind of, kind of skit and um, seeing how creative people got, but, but talk to us about like what your experience has been in terms of, you know, being distributed remote first, but still figuring out ways to be intentional and to care as a leader, um, but to, to kind of still create that sense of connection. Yeah, um, we've definitely done some fun things. We'll hit on that in a minute. <laughs> um, a lot of that okay. ties back to our core values. So one okay. of our, our core values is actually fun. And okay. so we don't like to take ourselves too seriously. And we feel like that, you know, that is a mantra for us at work. Work is work and it's awesome, but we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. So we make sure to, to build that into what it means to work at our organization. And sometimes that means 
getting silly. And so we actually plan at least four times a year as an organization to do some fun, interesting team building activity all together as a corporate team. So um, we get our entire team together four times a year in person. Um, and we spend probably at about a quarter of that time. So if it's one full day, we'll spend about two hours of that day doing some kind of team building activity um, that represents our core value fund. So we've done karaoke groups, like you said, where we put people together in teams and we, we put te people together in teams of people they don't normally work with day to day. Mm -hmm. So we didn't put the whole sales team together because they all see each other or talk to each other frequently. We put a salesperson with a finance AR rep, right? So we created these groups of people who are people who would not normally have the opportunity to work together in the day to day, put them in groups and gave them a budget and, and get, gave them a song and told them to show up or we're going to have a lip sync battle. <laughs> and and they really showed up. I mean, they showed up and and we just laughed and we had prizes that we gave out to everybody and and they worked really hard. And we've done things like a field day where we put group of teams together and we did a good old fashioned field day. Everyone got matching t-shirts in each team and again each team is a consists of a group of individuals who wouldn't normally work together. Each yeah. team had their color and we did, you know, water balloon tosses and hula hoop competitions and all the things because we feel like relationships and connection at work breed great culture and great culture breeds great engagement and great engagement breeds awesome results for the organization so what that means is just a lot of planning i mean we have our hr team and our executive team have conversations about our culture all the time and how we plan our culture. So what are these times we're going to get together in person? What is, what is the purpose of that time together? What is, what are we hoping people leave that time with? And, and for us, the answer has always been, we don't want them to leave necessarily with more training or more clarity on a process. Like we can do that every day on zoom. So we look at that as an opportunity to really have them leave motivated, connected, inspired, um, and just thrilled to work with a great team of people and re-energized and connected back to each other. And so we plan those days accordingly. So we don't, we don't talk about processes and we build them as like a mini culture conference inside our team. And we do that four times a year. Interesting. So, so two things that I wanted to, to, to dig into a little further. One is it's it's making sure that you have kind of this cross team kind of mix mixing going on right because i guess you know sometimes people will just naturally kind of gravitate to folks they know or you know you go to a networking event and like the first thing you do is you seek out the person you know right and and right. Um, and so so sales finance you know everything in between and so, so you're actually assigning folks ahead of time. Is that, yes. is that fair to say? Yes, yes. Okay. We even assign who get who where people sit at what tables methodically. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So 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 that's that's a good, I think, key takeaway just to to remember, right? Like, yeah, no, we want to make sure folks are mixing who don't normally get to talk to. So I love that. Um so so here here's something. So tell me your your thoughts on this because I hear from some leaders, it's like, you know, you can't, you can't plan culture. It's somewhat organic and you got to let it kind of happen. Right. But at the same time, 
to your point earlier, you know, it you want to be intentional, right? And you want to make sure that you know the experience is is uh, it's just a great experience for for your team, and there you're creating those relationships across these teams and so forth. So, um, so but tell us a little bit more about that planning. It's it sounds like this is something that you're spending is a really big priority for for your leadership team. Yeah, so I think, you know, the interesting thing about culture is culture does create itself, but is the culture that's creating itself the culture you want to create. Hmm. And so that's where the planning comes into play. A group of people together will create their own culture if left to be, whatever that culture will be. Um now you you come in and you interject core values and plans and intention. And then you get to shape and mold the culture because without the shaping and, and the rails to the culture, it could go off the rails and you could have, you wind up in unhealthy culture places, you know, unhealthy culture organizations are probably organizations where there's no rails on what is the culture. And so really, yes, culture will create itself, but is it the culture you want to create? And so we, as leaders, um, are very thoughtful in defining what is the culture we want to create, what are our core values, and then how do they literally show up every day t- tactically. And so like they, they can't just be like, oh, yeah, our core values team. Okay, so anyway, how about that um, sales funnel? How's it looking? <laughs> you know, so what yeah. does team mean? Team means we're going to get everybody in a room. We're going inter- to integrate people. We're going to let you meet the team. We're going to have committees and things we do that that encourage team. And so creating plans for with which your core values live and breathe is shaping your culture. So that's what I would say about it is that you actually do shape it. And if you don't do anything about it, it'll shape itself. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, you know, it's, it's thinking about how do we bring these values to life, right? In the day to day. Um, I love that. It's not, it's not just, you know, posters on a wall and in your environment, there is no wall, right? There's no wall. There's no wall. Yeah. And anti-culture, you know, and being big advocates of anti-culture. So Anti-cultural things will show up in your organization and you've got to squash them quickly. Tell us more about that. So So like anti-culture, for for us, we have um, certain guiding principles at our organization. One of them is we have, and I'm going to use this as an example, we have a no gossip policy because we think gossip is harmful. It tears people down. It's typically misinformed. It's unhealthy. Um, Mm. So we have a no gossip policy. And so our policy is if you have a problem with something, bring it to somebody who can help you with a solution, either your leader or human resources. Um, but talking to a peer or somebody in another department about something you don't like in the organization and they can't help you solve it, that's gossip to us. That's yeah. not a productive conversation. So when we hear that those things are happening, we immediately jump in and and rectify that situation and redirect people we've actually lost team members over gossip gossip is like you know the one sour apple that can spoil the entire bunch and so that's just one example that's anti-cultural for us is that we are positive people who support each other and we don't talk rhetoric or negativity about people or teams or processes so if we hear it we address it because it's anti-cultural yeah yeah no that 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 makes sense so it's it's as it's it's being thoughtful about here's here's what here's our mission here's our values here's what we stand for but it's also being observant 
if things are happening that, like you said, off the rails, right, uh, yes. that, that you've established there. So that kind of goes into my next question, which is, um, congratulations, by the way, and Belay is, is, has been growing consistently for, for a very long time. And so, um, so obviously, you know, there's, uh, you know, some secret sauce there that I wanted to just uncover a little bit. Um, and, you know, what I'm hearing from, you know, other leaders, and you've touched on this about the intentionality and, and, and having, you know, a sense of purpose and values. But what I'm hearing from some other leaders is they, they talk about this concept of, their employee value proposition or, or an EVP. And so, and, and even, even I've heard uh, leaders say that they want to re-recruit their people on a day-to-day basis because somebody else is out trying to recruit them, right? And yeah. so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts, you know, what is this secret sauce for, for Belay? How have you been able to, you know, um, be remote for, still have that culture that people are passionate about and, and just really reinforce, I guess, the, the why behind why, why, why is, you know, is this meaningful that, you know, what I do every day at Belay? Um, so just curious, what are your thoughts on that? The secret sauce? Yeah, there's probably a couple things compounded in there. So, I mean, for right. sure, <laughs> um, for sure, um, having the right people on the bus, you know, the right team members is number one. And that goes from all the way up to, you know, your officers down to, you know, your frontline employee is we have to have the right people um, and they have to be performing and they have to and they have to know what it means like to be successful and they have to be engaged, you know, at, at their core. So those are the things we look for. You have the right people on the bus that are engaged and we do measure engagement. And so like we'd send out engagement surveys, we monitor how people are, in, are interacting um, mm-hmm. with each other, even remotely. Uh, and somebody's not interacting, that to us is a sign of disengagement. And so you, you, want, a, you want an engaged team, you want them to have the right skill set, and they're performing. So everybody in the organization has a KPI that they're measured against, even my executive assistant. My assistant has KPIs. It's KPIs are not just for leaders. KPIs are for every individual here. So they know what winning looks like in the day-to-day. Um, and then they people want to show up and win. People want to people know they're actually doing what you've asked them to do or exceeding that expectation. So having clarity around that. Um, and then honoring it and showing gratitude for when people do that. So one of our other core values is gratitude. And so we have programs around gratitude. Um, so we, we have frugal wow programs, which mean anybody in the organization can send a gift to anybody else inside the organization to thank them for something that they may have done that had impressed them or served them well, even if it's cross team or leader to employee or employee to leader. Um, we even use it for our, our clients and our contractors. So we want to be generous with our gratitude and all of that starts from the top. And so me as CEO, I, I make it very intentional to show up every day thinking through, you know, if I represented every core value this week somehow in front of this team of people, am I modeling the behavior that I want the team to model? So I think there, there's a lot that goes around, you know, modeling great behavior, having the right t- people, are they engaged? Are they performing? Constantly measuring that and, and tools yeah. to measure that frequently is, is yeah. huge. And, and then, you know, just from a growth perspective, um, we, you know, we believe in being really innovative. We believe in taking risks, um, big risks, 
Um, and that that's part of business, you know, big risks equal great reward if done well. And sometimes, you know, sometimes they don't work and that's okay. You learn a lesson and you move on. And so I think the big risks we've taken to try and do things, nobody maybe has done before, you know, when we did this back in 2010, people laughed at us, like you're doing a virtual <laughs> what, and I don't, what are you even trying to do here? Yeah. Um, so that's afforded us the opportunity to keep growing is that we keep we keep thinking like, what can we do that's not being done? What is needed in the market? We pay a lot of attention to that. And we have an amazing team of people who care a lot about Belay continuing to be innovative in the staffing industry. And that's what keeps us on the Inc. 5000 list is that we just keep pushing to be innovative and new. We don't want to be stale and old. We don't want to be 2010 Belay. We want to be, you know, 2025 belay. And so we're always looking ahead at how we can be better tomorrow than we are today as an organization and every team member here. No, I love, uh, so, so a few things, uh, you know, you share there. Um, so one, you talked about creating a, a winning culture. Like people yeah. want to win and, 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 but that, what that requires is clarity around what winning looks like. Um, and, and, and I've heard feedback, you know, if people have, if there's ambiguity about, you know, their role, how they have impact, then, um, you know, that, that creates disengagement. It, you know, that's when the, I guess, you know, the culture can go off the rails. So I really like that idea of, you know, Hey, are we creating a winning culture and do our people have clarity? on what that is and having a KPI for a key performance indicator for, mm. for, for everyone. doesn't matter yeah. if it's the, the assistant to the CEO, everyone has that. Right. So I love yeah. that. Um, and, you know, I think, I know that I'm just thinking about our own team, you know, how important and how I can just reinforce clarity, you know, as much, as much as possible. So I love that. That was, that was, that was, that was something I, I think that is super helpful. Um, and then you talked about gratitude. Right. And, and, it, and it's appreciating, it's um, celebrating when when people are able to, to you know, to, to win. Right. They're 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 all in. They're making it happen based on that clarity and, the, and that KPI. So um, so that was that was another you know takeaway. It's it's not just creating the KPIs and the clarity, but then it's celebrating those small wins. And it sounds like, you know, you've got some examples where you're enabling people to actually send out a thank you gift. Right. Um, yes. So that's, that's, that's really cool. And then the, the last thing that you shared um, that I, that I just kind of stuck was, you know, I'll, I'll say it in my words, it's being a leader worth following. Mm. And, and it's you having as a leader kind of some self-reflection like, Hey, you know, am I living this out? You know, am, I, I, I guess I've learned Trisha that, you know, as a leader, you have a level of influence, right. And people see what you do. They see how you respond, what you say to that customer, that partner and so forth. And so I have to look myself in the mirror every day and, Hey, am I being a leader worth following? Right. Am I living out our own values? So, um, those are some really good takeaways that I, I took, <laughs> um, I took from that, but, but that winning culture, creating clarity, you know, then celebrating those wins, right? And then having that constant, you know, look in the mirror kind of moment for myself as a leader. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely some secret sauce there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and the looking in the mirror part, you know, you have to do it frequently, you know, you have mm -hmm. to do it frequently. And typically when there's, you know, there will always be gaps in your business, you know, you might find an area of business that's just not, you know, just not functioning the way you had hoped it might, 
or there might be something, there's always going to be something happening inside of an organization, you know, and then I will always look back to myself and say, did I miss the mark somewhere? Did I not show up in a certain way for that team? Did I miss something? You know, yeah. so constantly evaluating. And that's how we evolve as leaders, you know, is um, we can't be the leader we were five years ago. We have to be the leader we need to be five years from now. If we want to, yeah. you know, really um, be afforded the honor to keep leading is the way I look at it is, you know, if I want to be afforded the honor to keep leading belay into the future, then I should be constantly reflecting like, am I the best CEO for this company? Am I paying attention to all the right things? And, um, and it, it, you know, it all rests on, you know, the feeling and the sentiment from the CEO and how that trickles down into the organization. So there's a lot of weight with that, but that's, that's the job in my opinion, you know, you wear that weight. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, so to your point, and I'm going to kind of lead into our next question here, which you mentioned, you know, as a CEO, am I paying attention to the right things? Am I, you know, seeing what these trends are in the market, you know, how we look at the next few years. And so, you know, lots of buzzwords going around right now, you know, over the last few months, it was the great resignation, you know, people looking for a different role for a variety of reasons, you know, perhaps with economic uncertainty, maybe there's less of that. But now we're hearing this buzzword around quiet quitting, um, where maybe they're not leaving their job, but they're just saying, hey, I'm going to do enough to not get fired type of thing, right? I think that in any of these cases, it comes down to disengagement and not having that alignment or feeling, you know, that that level of connection, you know, to the organization, mission, values, and so forth. But what have you seen? Um, uh, what have you seen related to the great resignation, related to quiet quitting? Are there things that, at Belay where you are, are doing to navigate that? Are there any mm-hmm. lessons learned or anything that you can share you know, with other leaders listening today? Yeah, I mean, we absolutely have, have seen it. I mean, to your point, I feel like it started to settle down a little more now than it was maybe a year or so ago. You know, what we took away from, you know, the the last season of two years in in staffing is uh, people kind of the finding purpose in their work and enjoying work and having satisfaction in their jobs has become super amplified more than it's ever been. I think before, um, you know, five, 10 years ago, it was like, well, I'm showing up to work and I'm doing my job and I'm getting a paycheck and it's fine. And, and that was okay for the majority of people. Um, but I think today it's different. I think people are like, there, there is this thing where I feel like I can do great work and there could be purpose behind it and I can feel appreciated at work. Um, so engagement and appreciation at work are more prevalent than we have ever seen them. And so we for sure combated some things through the great resignation when it came to, you know, salaries and things like that. A lot of people were like, well, hey, I can go do the same job elsewhere. I'm being recruited to go do it for twice as twice as much. And we see a right. lot a lot of organizations really swooped in to try and recruit great talent and offer them a lot of money. And um, we said, you know, that that's just not sustainable as an organization um, is you pay great talent what they're worth, but of course, what the what the job is worth, but to have purpose at work and feel connected to people at work is actually more meaningful than any paycheck anybody's going to get. So through it all, we actually amped up our culture initiatives from our HR department. So we've amped up 
um, a lot of initiatives that we would have offered that are more perk based and connection based than we did even before COVID and the pandemic. So um, we have be well initiatives where we get our teams together if they want to do like a 5k together we do group workouts online tracking time step challenges as a team we will do um you know so we have this you know if available and you want it these opportunities for people to engage we've instituted a dni committee if that's important to you so we've really added additional human resource type opportunities for our team to engage in the organization that are outside of their role or their work at Belay, but to engage as them as people. And that has created great engagement. Now, to your point with the um, people going silent or dark or disengaged, that is always an indicator for a problem for us. And, and it should be for any organization. You know, right. first of all, um, anytime somebody's disengaged, uh, and maybe you think it's okay. Well, they're still showing, they're still getting their job done, but mm-hmm. like, are they really, I mean, at what capacity are they doing it? 80% like enough to get by, um, and, and fly under the radar, or are they literally giving you 110% and doing the best job? Because that affects everybody around them. That affects the team that affects their peers that affects their leaders. So disengagement to us is, um, is honestly unacceptable in leadership here. And I, and I think, you know, what we do to combat that is we have great managers that are trained and we invest in so that they are really in tune with their teams and engagement for them is super important. So our management level team are really responsive and engaged with how the team is showing up. And and it's part of what they're responsible to do is ensure yeah. that their team members are engaged. I was actually going to ask you on that point, you know, what are some of the warning signs, if you will, when, when you start to see kind of that disengagement start to pop up, are there, are there anything that come to mind that, um, you know, perhaps might be a red flag? Um, you mentioned the surveys yeah. earlier, you know, that you were yeah. doing any, any, anything that comes to mind on that? Yeah. So we do engagement surveys twice a year. Um, we shoot yeah. for a hundred percent participation, of course, <laughs> then you sure. have a fully engaged team. Yeah. Um, we usually land about 95% and we consider that winning. So okay. of our employee team base, and you have to decide what those markers are. Mm-hmm. Um, what percent of your team is even completing the survey? Somebody doesn't complete a survey. They're not engaged, even if it's the most harmless survey, like, hey, how was the event you went to last week? Hey, what do you think about our staffing meetings? You know, easy, easy surveys, non-answers are red flags. Um, We also have like engagement platforms, which most organizations probably have. For us, we use Slack. Somebody might have, you know, Google Chats or a place where our remote team can engage with each other inside. we have channels in Slack where we celebrate birthdays and we celebrate wins and we celebrate if if there are people that are not engaging in those wins, they're not commenting happy birthday. They're not um, yeah. celebrating with you. We hit this milestone. Yay. You know, those would be things that we would go, huh? Okay. I wonder what's going on there. Um, and then we have other things that are are mandatory. So we have like mandatory 
weekly staffing meetings where our entire team is expected to be on a Zoom and are right. expected to have your video on and engage in the meeting. And so we actually monitor engagement in those meetings. Did somebody not show up? Did somebody have their video off? Yeah. Did somebody not participate? Sometimes we'll do Zoom polls. Um, so there's a lot of little warning signs that can all add up. And sometimes they're nothing and sometimes they're something. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting kind of going back to this remote distributed teams environment versus kind of maybe what people have been used to in terms of identifying disengagement. So you're, you know, referring to, okay, interactions on Slack or other, you know, communication channels or on Zoom within team meetings. So it's just, it's an interesting, it's, it's different indicators. It's different, I guess, observations than perhaps people have been used to um, in the past. Um, one other point that you made, which was interesting, I thought, or what I've heard is people are being offered these ridiculous salaries or they were, but mm -hmm. what, what another leader told me, those are the first companies to cut people <laughs> um, when talking right. to buy because it's not sustainable. Like it's you not said. sustainable. It's and a bad so, business strategy. <laughs> we never participated in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And um, you know, the, the other leader, you know, he was sharing, Hey, you know, I'm happy for you. Just beware, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 that might be the first thing to go, you know, when bad times go, go the opposite direction. Right. But I really loved how you said at Belay, you doubled down on the connection side, the people side. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and just reminding people that that's what makes, that's the specialness, right. Is, is to be part of a community. Um, uh, you know, and it's not, and you know, it's not necessary, obviously the salary is important. Like you said, you want to pay people sure. well for, for the job, but, but that's, that, that's the, the values, the mission, the, the connection that I think is, is, is really important to, to, in, in my opinion, retention. Um, yeah. And, and some people, you know, truly need a different salary for their life and you will lose those people and, because it doesn't align with what your, you know, yeah. strategies are for your budgets, but, um, and, and that's okay. I mean, there's a, there's a level of healthy churn in your employee base that you should expect. Not everybody is going to stay. That's a good know? point. That's a good point. I mean, and you probably don't yeah. want them to, I mean, yeah. healthy, healthy churn is healthy churn. Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, so Trisha, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for just sharing your insights, your experience, you know, just kind of lessons learned as you've navigated these things. So as we wrap up today, is there one, you know, practical piece of advice that you can leave the audience with leaders with that perhaps they can go and just implement, you know, at their organization and their teams? Is there one takeaway that comes to mind that you can share as we wrap up today? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the piece of advice I would give that's that aligns with this whole conversation is truly the evaluation of what your organization's stance is on your culture. Is it clear? Is it defined? Is it written down? Do you have a culture statement? Do you have a culture plan? Um, is it is it written down on paper and then does it show up inside your organization? So if if you feel like maybe it's a little wishy-washy and it's leading itself, then I would say put the guardrails on it, you know, get together with your team who are the most important people, you know, maybe that's your leadership team or your HR professionals in your organization and, and really define it. We defined it really early on. We were like eight people 
organization and we were defining core values and what they meant and how they showed up. So that would be the advice I give. And, and with that, once that's defined and it shows up, the rest will come. The results will come when the team is engaged. Love it. Thank you so much again. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Um, so excited to have the opportunity to, to learn from you today. And, um, but thank you again for being on The Great Retention. Thanks for having me. That wraps up another edition of The Great Retention. Thank you for joining us and being a leader who genuinely cares about recognizing and empowering the everyday hero and the team members around you. We are proud to support your leadership journey and grateful for your support of this podcast. If you haven't already, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. This helps us get this content in front of more aspiring people-first business leaders. If you'd like more perspectives on how to create exceptional cultures around award-winning talent, go to coolleaf.com and sign up for our newsletter to get them straight into your inbox two times per month. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be people first leaders by celebrating and connecting your people today. HR professionals, thanks for listening. As promised, this episode of the Cool Leaf podcast is valid for 0.5 professional development credits towards SHRM CP, SHRM SCP, and HRCI recertification. To claim your SHRM credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM. To claim your HRCI credit, please visit www.coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI. Complete the three-question form to receive your certification code. That's coolleaf.com slash podcast slash SHRM and coolleaf.com slash podcast slash HRCI.